Hey everybody, this is part two of my conversation with Fed's vocalist Frank McGee. Uh, if you haven't checked out part one yet, it's up and available for you to listen to. I'd recommend starting there and picking up uh, at the end of that one. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I love I love Slapshot. I think that I think those two records are pretty pretty fucking great. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's 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 a little bit of an outlier on some of the picks you have here. You've got a wide variety of stuff. Let's um, speaking of mythology, because Cleveland is known for its mythology. Yeah, <laughs> um, this band I don't think falls into that because they're pretty much singular. Um. Ringworm, Birth is Pain. Why why that one? I mean, they've got a pretty deep catalog, man. They do. Um Ringworm has never put out a bad record, uh, in my in my opinion. Uh, even the ones that sound a little different, there's ones that maybe you could say are forgettable, but there's none that are unlistenable. Uh, I, I can't say the same for most of the bands from Cleveland, in particular, one that they get stacked up against that I think is the most unfair comparison. Uh whether we're talking about music and that band is integrity. And I think that they're fucking overrated as shit, even though they do have two masterpiece records, in my opinion, ringworm, however, birth is pain might be the gnarliest and scariest hardcore. And I say that in quotes record of all time. Uh, it's so angry. James's voice is unparalleled. Uh, you know, uh, the guitar playing is incredible. The, the, you know, the riffing, the solo, like all that kind of shit, the leads, the drums are fucking awesome. You know, they adopt from, from so many different things that I love. You know what I mean? Like the, the, that opening track, uh, the sickness where like is completely adoptive, but not like a ripoff of like, uh, like a early sepultura, you know what I'm saying? Like kind mm-hmm. of shit.
they do like that slow, fast, like gallopy kind of thrash. Be- I mean, it's so mean. It's so gnarly to this day. It's every fucking song on that record still gets me so wired and ready to go. Uh, I don't think that they get their, their due because they came from the same era as, uh, as integrity. I mean, I think they do in certain places, but around here, it's like, it's almost like they've been taken for granted. Uh, they've continued to still put out records that are, that are awesome. Uh, they keep, you know, they've had a, a alternating, an alternating, constantly alternating, like stable of musicians, but they're always good. If you see yeah. them live, they're always going to be fucking awesome. They play the old shit the way the old shit is supposed to sound. They play the new shit the way the new shit is supposed to sound. And, you know, I like Bertha's Pain just a fucking nut hair more than The Promise. I love The Promise. Yeah. It's a completely different record. I know that that's your, your fucking jam. And I do love it so much. It is, it is another flawless record. But to me, Bertha's Pain was more of the one that really... When I heard it, I was like, it was the same thing again. Like I fell in love with it. I, I listened to it. I had a CD. It had a scratch on it. I didn't give a fuck. I played it through the scratch all the yep. time. I fucking loved it. I still love it. I think it is a flawless record. Yeah, I mean, I, I honest, honestly, the truth is that I, that I prefer the demo over everything, including the promise. Mm-hmm. I think the promise has, um, all the songs on the promise are amazing. I think that sometimes like the production doesn't always sit well with me, but it's still right. my favorite full length. Uh, yeah. Birth is pain is up there as my runner up as far as full lengths go. But I got to tell you, hammer of the witch and snake church are fucking awesome. great records. Fucking awesome. dude. And to your point, yeah. I agree with you 100% that they're unfairly compared to integrity. Yep. I agree that they don't have a bad record amongst the whole lot, whereas Integrity has quite a few bad ones. They've got or some, ones some, just some turds. Or ones I just don't honestly care about. Yeah. However, I will I will disagree with you in that Integrity's underrate overrated. And here's why. Yeah. I think that you know, integrity is out of the starting gate first. Okay. Yeah. And if you look at those who fear tomorrow, systems overload, and uh, humanity is the devil, which which is my favorite. I never disliked that record, but I was so married to those who fear tomorrow that humanity is the devil just kind of always took a backseat, and I was like, it's fine, right? right? I've come around a little bit more. You know, those who fear tomorrow alone, and I've said this to people. Look, there's always been metal, like starting in the mid 80s there was a lot of metal creeping into hardcore in general right yeah you can hear for sure it in um coc the accused um mm. judge you know absolutely um, yeah but i've said this in in a past episodes there was a real sea change once integrity dropped those who fear tomorrow like everything yeah. was different after that and Part of the reason why it was so different was the content and the aesthetic of it was so far and away different than a lot of the other bands that were doing hardcore and metal, you know, because a lot of hardcore bands that were adopting metal were still married to like a hardcore aesthetic in a way, you know, right? even if they grew their hair out. Except for sure. maybe, except for maybe the accused and COC because they were odd birds, you know. Yeah, but especially COC. Ju- Judge looked like the same jock rev dudes that they always did right right integrity looked like sleaze 
bags, you know, <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah. And, and that the lineup that came immediately after that LP, the one that had, you know, of course, Dwid, the Melnick brothers, uh, Chris Smith, who went on to be in Keel Hall and Asphalt and was famously, at least locally, from False Hope. And Dave Araka, who was in the guns, that lineup was the best lineup. And I got to see that yeah. lineup and they were every That's bit awesome. as good as advertised. You yeah. know, but you know, again, that goes with the whole mythology thing. There's a lot of mythology around that band and most Cleveland bands. Yeah. Worm doesn't really suffer from that as much because they've no. just been very were ringworm. And they have had a rotating lineup of musicians, you know. Um but Sorg has been playing guitar in that band longer than other than James, he's been in that band longer than any other musician. And, and yes, they're very, that's a solid unit of dudes. And, and he, for sure, he understood the early stuff and he said, you know, cause he's a fucking great guitar player. For sure. Incredible. He, under, he understood the early stuff. Said, oh, that's, that's how this goes. Cause that's what he was cutting his teeth on. He was in blood of Christ before that, who sort of intermingled with, you know, the hardcore scene a little bit.
they are not well received here in my eyes. And what yeah. I, not not that people don't like them, people love them. But right. I do know from from conversations that, you know, when they play here, people just act like they don't give a shit. But that's right. just the way people in Cleveland are. They just don't give a shit. They they tend to they you know, and not just Cleveland, Northeast Ohio. They tend to sure. shit on they tend to shit on their own once yeah. a band starts, you know. So they're a touring band and God bless them. I don't know James real well. I've known mm-hmm. him for a long time, but I don't know him right. real well. Fucking solid dude. Great vocalist, yep. good lyrics. You know, great lyrics. Love him. Ended up yeah. turning out to be a hell of a guitar player. If you see him playing gluttons, yeah. he's pretty good. Oh, dude, you the know? unclean used to play with gluttons. Yeah, we fucking we I that was like those are probably my favorite glutton shows because yeah. there were uh people there, which is fucking awesome. And uh they loved us as much as we loved them so it was like oh and we're both like kind of like ass kicker rock and roll bands which there are not nearly enough of
a matter of fact, I, I, I'm, I'm probably at the same, I haven't known James for as long as you obviously, but I've known him for, you know, the past like decade or so, and not on like a super personal level, but I'll say this, he's never been like a, a pat on the back kind of guy. Like, yeah, we're playing a show. So, you know, just like love us, you know what I mean? Whereas yeah, I feel like where he'll like every time that I see James to this day, he'd be like, oh, fuck, man, when's uh, Young Clean going to play with the Gluttons again? And I'm just like, we haven't been a band for like five or six years now, you know, yeah, but, James, James doesn't big yeah. time people. He doesn't a personable. Yeah. Personable, like approachable, like good dude. Uh, and like I said, like the quality of dudes uh, doesn't always matter to me necessarily when it comes to, you know, like a hardcore band or whatever. But uh, with them, like just knowing that they are like just good, solid, like nice dudes, they fucking rip. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's that that is another just another thing to add in there. And uh, to your point, those who fear tomorrow is a is a is a is a great record. I personally feel I like systems over. I like humanity is the devil the most, probably because it sounds the most like ringworm if if we're being completely honest like it sounds it's got a lot of ringworm. Fra- i think shit. frank was playing on that record wasn't he i, I think and maybe uh oh fuck let me i think uh, systems you know overload chubby wasn't playing on systems overload i don't believe i i don't know and i don't think it was i don't remember who it was because the the shit talking chubby song is on systems overload but i didn't think he played on humanity's the devil either i could be wrong at any rate uh I love both of them so much. Those Who Fear Tomorrow is a great record, but there's certain songs that get kind of lost on me. Yeah. Uh, but I I liken it. It's like a microcosm to how I feel about Metallica and Slayer. I love Slayer as a band. Uh, they do have a couple, maybe two overall unlistenable records in my opinion, but I love them way more than Metallica. However, dude, Ride the Lightning and Kill Them All are absolute masterpieces, in my opinion, front start to back. So even though maybe they might be technically, those two records might be better than the whole catalog of, of Ringworm, if we really want to look at it like that, Ringworm right. is always going to be better for me because they don't have a record that I couldn't listen to and fucking bang my head or tap my foot or whatever. Whereas Integrity has multiples as Metallica has like 90% of their catalog. I cannot even fucking stand at all. Yeah, you know system, what I mean? Like systems overload. Yeah. Sorry. Before That's I forget the systems yeah. overload, the, the drummer is Mark Kanopka. Um, oh, I guess the, cool. okay. the CD had uh, some demo tracks from the off the bat demo, which did feature chubby fresh and gotcha. uh, Frank Novenick, you know, famously of ringworm played on that one. And yep. I, if I'm not mistaken, he probably played on humanity as the devil too. Yeah. Like I said, I don't live with those records, so I don't have as deep of a knowledge of you know the who who's and what's of it um i've only like i said i've only recently kind of started uh reevaluating my uh my takes on his records and and again it has more to do with the fact that i lived with the first one yeah chris dora played drums on uh on humanity is the devil yeah 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 okay i thought i could remember if it because he played on birth is pain too so like like that's which is another reason why i feel that uh there's a lot of uh, simil- could be similarities because obviously everything I look at is drum biased first because that's what I think of immediately. Um, but but you know certain the way that some of the grooves go and and shit like that. Like I said, I just think that a lot of the uh, that lineup with uh, Dave Araka and uh, Chris Smith, you know they did they did the split with Mayday, which featured the songs Kingdom of Heaven and Rebirth. Mm-hmm. 
those uh, are those are killer songs. And ultimately, at the end of the day, regardless of who else rounds up that lineup, the best version was always one with the Melnick Brothers because they were the engine. You know, yeah, Aaron right. and Len, they were running the show. Well, I mean, as far as writing great songs and that sort of thing, you know. Right. They but, can't miss. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, back to Ringworm, I just, I think that, I think that Ringworm is just a pretty phenomenal. I don't think they get enough love, but, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't think they're sweating it too much either. They get to tour. No, it doesn't seem so. They get yeah. to put out, keep putting out great records. And I think that those guys are the kind of guys where that's all they care about. Can I put out a right. cool record? Cool. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Is cool. this going to be fast and gnarly and heavy and wild? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. And I, like I said, I'm here for it. Uh, I don't think they don't have a record that I couldn't listen to. And like I said, tap my foot, bang my head, fucking play air guitar to like a fucking moron. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I will do all of that to every, every one of their records. Uh, and I'm, I'm just, I would do that anyway because I can separate myself personally from like bands that have like good records, even though the people I know them and I fucking hate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just happy that Ringworm are good dudes to boot. You know what I mean? It just sweetens the pot. Uh, and in my opinion, I know that uh, you usually ask like other dudes from the area, like Cleveland bands, Ringworm, The Guns, and then it's pretty much everybody else after that. Third place, there could be twenty people tied for third place. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, for and me, those are those are completely reasonable. I mean, like, yeah. they're two top notch bands. Um, you know, it might be heresy. I'd probably go with Ringworm myself because that's more of my time. You know, the Guns predate uh, me. I mean, I'm an old man, but the Guns predate me yeah. even. You know, that's early '80s. I wasn't fucking. Yeah. You know, I was still playing with gi joes and shit when yeah. <laughs> you know um yeah i was a but, gle- i was but, a fucking gleam in my father's eye at that time think, so yeah but think about the yeah. fact that you know dave Racka was in the guns too you know yeah. this guy was in the guns false hope and integrity the guy was a talented right. dude and he yeah. died way way too young um, right no slouch yeah no uh-uh you're talking about gnarly rock and roll bands when we talked about um, the gluttons. And I think yeah. that the gluttons kind of harken back to an era of the early aughts when late nineties, early aughts, when like the whole rock thing was kind of big. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of dudes were, uh, you know, putting on denim jackets and kind of, you know, doing a half step version of turbo Negro, <laughs> which, right. Look, Ask Cobra and Apocalypse Dudes are amazing albums. Beyond yep. that, I've got not much love for them. Doesn't do it for me. I, I 100% agree, 100%. Those two records are great, but the rest of it, you know. Yeah. But as far as gnarly rock bands in the early aughts, Zeke was one that gets name-checked a lot. Now, yeah, I like Zeke well enough. I never really dove into him, but I, I am familiar with Death, Death Alley. Where did you come across <sighs> that one? Let's see. So I want to say that me first ever hearing them, I went to the New England Metal Hardcore Fest in like 2003 or four. I went to I went to both, but it was at one of them. They had just signed a relapse and they put out a record called Till the Living End on mm-hmm. relapse. And, uh, you know, I loved grindcore. I loved uh, the thrash metal, I loved like the death metal, the mathy techie metal shit that relapsed. Like pretty much every band, that's one I would go to like a Quonset Hut or an Fye or whatever or uh, uh, Ultrasound up at Mentor, and I would buy every release from Relapse as it came out. 
but I mean, by the fucking gospel, dude, I loved all that shit. So I see this band and they had a promo uh, that had one of the songs off that record on it. That was just in like a cardboard sleeve. And I saw the dudes and I like, I liked motorhead, uh, you know, like the motor at the time, like the motorhead, like kind of hits and shit like that. And so I, I was like down with like ass kicker, like rock and roll stuff, you know, especially if they were playing like lightning, you know, fast or like doing cool guitar shit or good, you know, whatever. Something had to kind of draw me in. And uh, they weren't playing the show, but Relapse had this whole floor of this venue, like the top floor. It was just all their distro shit, every like everything that they had, they brought there. And uh, so I saw that and they had that that uh, CD there. So I was like, well, do I try it? this band is playing, I guess I could watch them, like whatever. I was, it was one of those things where I was like, man, they're putting a lot of steam behind this. Like they got all these posters, they got all, they're giving away all these singles. Like, fuck man. Like uh, they've got to be good. Right. I, I mean, I, I trust everything that this label has been putting out thus far. And uh, I, uh, they didn't, they didn't end up playing. Uh, I think maybe I just thought that they were, but they, because of the promotion, but they weren't playing. They were just trying to move records. So I bought till the living end and I was like, well, this is okay. But I was like, I don't really get it. Like I'm used to grindcore and death metal and uh, techie fucking metal from this label. Like this is not it. So I kind of like got away from it for a minute. And then I think I was at either Quonset hut or, uh, or ultrasound out in Metter, And uh, they had this other record and it's, you know, it's the guy like on the chopper on the front of it. And I was like, eh, I kind of like that record. Like I'm going to check this one out. So I just bought it kind of on a whim. Yeah. And I was like, holy fuck, this is unbelievable. Like, once again, just absolutely blew my mind, fell in love with it, listened to it day in and day out. And I was like, this drummer's fucking amazing. He plays so fast. He plays this like these thrashy like punk beats so fast, so clean. His fills are so perfect. He's got this insane stamina to like just play this style of shit. The vocals are fucking awesome. I love that dude, uh, Blind Marky's uh, voice. The guitar playing is unrock. I mean, it's so fast, so crazy, but it's like catchy at the same time, which usually bands that play that fast and they're that intense don't have a lot of melody, don't have a lot of shit no. that's kind of bring you in. But Zeke has like choruses that like that song, uh, I think it's uh, Mountain Man that's on that record, Death Alley. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's fucking awesome.
he's doing like David uh uh fucking the Van Halen guy, David Lee Roth like screams, you know what I'm saying? Like that right. are just like pulling you in it, but it's over top of just this like you know, just like gunfire, you know what I'm saying? Machine gunfire, fucking rock and roll. And uh, that was one that kind of made me like look back a little bit more uh, and kind of got away from some of like the the metal shit. You know, I, I would listen to that stuff and mostly I was enamored by the drummers. Right. And then hearing this guy play this like groovy shit that is lightning fast, but he could slow it down and play like some kind of like Southern Rocky shit too. Made me kind of, you know, look backwards and be like, that motorhead band that has that ace of spades song and that love me like a reptile song i should fucking that's these the, all these guys are wearing motorhead t-shirts in this fucking pro yeah there's something I mean? there must be something to it. <laughs> there must be something there it must be something deeper that these guys know they can't just like this band this much based off their one hit song that's in like every video game and like all this other shit so i double backed and was and you know and uh that's how I found Rose Tattoo. I got into Judas Priest. Uh, Motorhead just blew my, you know, blew my mind a hundred times over with that. Uh, but yeah, that that would be the story of how I got into them. And dude, I they're they're a band that I think they, you know, in like record collecting circles and shit like that, they get their due. But outside of that, man, I I just don't think that they get the love that they deserve. Because no, dude, not, and not especially that record. Say- not compared to say like those two Turbo Nigger records I talked about. Oh yeah, or yeah, um, a band I actually do love quite a bit, um, Helicopters. Like they're yeah. name checked pretty good, pretty you know, <laughs> uh, quite a bit when it comes to the whole R A W K rock thing that I was talking right. about. I mean right. that was that was a huge thing in the you know, you know early two thousands, late nineties. There were plenty of bands doing it. It kind of was sort of like. Um, a, a little brother to the stoner thing that was going on. It wasn't stoner rock, but you could right. see that these guys were kind of walking in the same circles a little bit. You know, this stuff was yeah. more. This stuff was a little more high energy, for sure, yeah. and more in line with Motorhead than say, you know, tenth generation Sabbath. Poorly right. played tenth generation Sabbath, for um, sure. Well, you know, like I, I, I feel like, like people I, go ahead people would be like oh electric frankenstein and like all this shit uh electric frankenstein murder city devils uh uh rocket from the crypt and like all these other bands and i was like dude they have they're not even fucking in the same realm in my opinion like yeah they play like some rock and roll bands yeah they're not as beefy they're not as fast there's not as aggressive uh you know there's just certain things about them where i was like why would these guys should be more of the i mean honestly some of their shit is more like more like hardcore punk or or uh thrash metal than it is any of that kind of, like that shit could be on the radio this couldn't be on the radio there's right. no way it's way too fast for radio uh but yeah that that was something that always kind of blew my mind. and then when people would they would get you know they ran i think in like the stoner circles especially like like the later like kind of high on fire stuff and like shit like that cuz those dudes they liked them they were label mates at, towards the end and uh, I think that people kind of blended those to be like, oh, well, you know, there's this band and this band and this band. And it would be uh, like uh, like High on Fire or like Fu Manchu or shit like that. And I was like, yeah, but it's too slow. Like those aren't those aren't bad bands or anything like that. But it's not like they kind of 
as once again, they're like a microcosm for Motorhead. Like you couldn't just say, oh, Motorhead's a thrash metal band. Oh, they're a rock and roll band. They're a, right. they're a punk band. Like Zeke is also transcends all of that stuff and kind of borrows from everything and just does it so well on a much smaller scale, in my opinion, anyway. And so did, did I hear you correctly when you said that Zeke was an entree to Rose Tattoo? Zeke, yeah, Zeke is what would have got uh rose tattoo was prop was really a mix of both zeke probably started it and then uh like old like oi bands would have pushed it further for me to get into them okay uh be- because there's a lot of bands that covered like one of the boys or nice guys don't play rock and roll i mean fuck uh uh guns and roses covered that too That was one of those ones where it was like, okay, like uh, foreskins, like uh, uh, have uh, referenced them. You know what I'm saying? Like some of these bands that were around before Rose Tattoo were talking about like, oh, this fucking Australian band is awesome. You know what I mean? Like uh, 
but other like punk rock bands uh there's a uh oi band uh from the netherlands called uh discipline they covered one of the boys and like i was like man i gotta hear this fucking i gotta hear more of this band and then uh i had heard uh, i think it was southern star southern stars first and i was like yeah this is kind of cheesy it's not really doing it for me then i bought immediately from that bought the self-titled and I was like, holy fucking shit. I didn't know bands were playing like this back then. Yeah. The you know first, what I mean? Those first three records are pretty, <sighs> pretty amazing. And it's funny because, yeah. you know, the inevitable comparison is, is ACDC. And, and here's why, well, mo- primarily because they're Australian and yeah. primarily because they're playing nasty rock and roll, you know, and right. blues based rock and roll. The right. significant difference is, and people will say the vocals and that's 100% true. But to me, you know, Rose Tattoo has a slide guitar. AC does not have slide guitar. Right. You know, and right. it's, you know, you have, you know, and the other thing is like, while I think that's Rose Tattoo's secret weapon, you know, conversely, the secret weapon to ACDC isn't Angus Young. It's all, it was always Malcolm Young because his rhythm yeah. guitar, that's my favorite guitar tone ever. I mean, is, ACD, is Malcolm Young? Yeah, ACDC is not my favorite band. Right. That guitar sound, particularly the early stuff, that's the perfect rock and roll guitar tone, you know? Yeah. But I think I think Rose Tattoo, even though they weren't known for doing blues covers like ACDC was, Rose Tattoo sounds bluesier. Oh, yeah. You know, to me. I, I agree. Mean, yeah, with the slide guitar and like the shit when they kind of slow it down a little bit. I mean, yeah. they have legitimate like bluesy song. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, there's. I don't know how it is that Australia <laughs> has like so many awesome fucking bands. From yeah, dude. There. I mean, you can look yeah. at them: ACDC, Radio Birdman, The Saints. I mean, <sighs> and there's a ton of newer bands coming out. It seems like you know, it's just, it's like this. Well. It, it's just this breeding ground for like awesome music. It's a small country population wise compared to most other large countries, you know? Right. And yet they've got this great fucking music coming out of there. And even yeah. shit like, Hey, you know what? I, I'll fucking cop to it. I'm a fucking men at work fan. Those first two records, you want to talk about good oh, pop jams. songs? Oh yeah. And great pop songs, particularly yeah. the song overkill. Yeah. I mean, Australia, even, uh, you know, and I don't like NXS, but motherfucking Mike Michael Hutchins was a fucking awesome singer. That guy can yeah. sing his ass off. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's just and I know that's not really related to Rose Tattoo in any way, shape, or form, other than the fact that it's Australian. But yeah, yeah. It just to my point that Australia just puts out good music, man. Yeah. And maybe there's a you know, maybe there's something in the water. I don't know. It, <laughs> right. it must be. Yeah. You know, I, I ACDC, I don't, I don't hate them, uh, but I don't particularly like them. Uh, I like a few songs, but more in the vein of like whole lot of Rosie, like the Bon Scott shit. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I mean, I feel like that goes without saying, but uh, I feel like Bon Scott looked at Angry Anderson and was like, okay, how do I clean up his vocal a little bit, a little less screamy? I feel like he was like he pulled that Angry Anderson's vocal and the. Uh, uh, what's his uh, sensational Alex Harvey band? Mm-hmm. I think that he took those two and made a hybrid, and that he was like settled on that because I think for the Highway to Hell record and stuff for certain, 
I think, yeah. you know, starting around there when they were really trying to break through and they had that Mutt Lang guy producing that record and then sub- subsequently uh, Back in Black, which had Brian Johnson. Um, yeah. I can definitely see that. I do think that there are differences with the really early ACDC as compared to Rose Tattoo vocally. Yeah. But they are similar in some ways. But I do think that there's more of an angry Anderson tone to the way he sings on Highway to Hell for sure. Yeah. It's way more cleaner version of what Angry Anderson was doing. Right. Um, at least that's that's the way I see it. I mean, your point is well taken though, because it's like I, I hear you 100 percent You know, the thing about ACDC for me is like, um, I can do without the shit that they play on the radio. I don't need to ever hear right. it again. But I 100%. will I I will tell you I own every record up to Flick of the Switch. I mean, because yeah, a lot of people should on Brian Johnson. Those first three records are not bad records with him. Yeah. I mean, if the title track from Back in Black was not played on classic rock radio on heavy <sighs> rotation, yeah, th- man. That that's a sick groove, dude. Right. You know, my and biggest... solid, solid rhythm section. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, my... yeah, I mean, I that's the thing, is like it's just it just didn't do it for me. And I think it's because my age group, you know, and you know, a weird thing about me is when, uh, and, and other people, when you work at uh, a place like guitar center for like a couple of years or something like that, (laughs) and you get told how incredible this guy is and this guy is, and this guy is and shit like that, you tend to develop like a callus for those kinds of, for those bands and those people that they keep that these 50 year old dudes that have never even played an original song, let alone outside of their hometown, uh, are telling you how great that all of these guys are. And then to the point where I would just be like, that guy fucking sucks. And I don't even yeah. think that, but I would just say it to be to inflammatory be and be you're a, sick of it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Just a hundred, just so fucking sick of dudes tell, you know, some like at the time, you know, I'm in like my early twenties and I have some 50 year old dude telling me like, yeah, I got to put bass drum beater pads on my snare drums or I just bust right through the heads. You know, I'm like Phil Rudd. And I'm just like, Phil Rudd's never broken a fucking snare drum head because he knows how to play drums, you know, like shit like that, you know, things, things of that nature. And then they would say, or, you know, have a guy that'd be like, yeah, man, uh, fucking, you know, John Bonham's the best drummer of all time. Be like, fuck John Bonham. You know, do I think that? No, dude, absolutely not. You've heard, you know, the shit that I like and how I play. I mean, fuck, you know, there's no way I could hate John Bonham. And do I love Led Zeppelin? No, not particularly, but. I have to give credit where credit's due, but just being told that. So ACDC is, and a lot of like classic rock bands, it just, it just made, like I had to build up this like skin for it in order to be able to like actually like some things. And as an adult, I've, I've liked it more. ACDC never really gripped me in, but I also didn't do like a super deep dive because I had Rose Tattoo. I had right. I had fucking the bands that I that I loved, you know, whether they're classic rock bands or whatever, that were a little off the beaten path. But the shit that they put out that I liked, I was just like, yeah, but this is just a step above, whether it's the intensity, whether it's the drum, you know, drumming's always fucking ends up, you know, coming first because I'm biased. I, I have to hear that first. But then it could be little things where I'm just like, well. Yeah. Okay. So Bon Scott sounds like angry and like they both have this like kind of like nasally screechy kind of vocal, but I like angry Anderson's better. And one of the boys is one of the best rock and roll songs of all time. And like, I don't think whole lot of Rosie compares, you know, to, to it like shit like that. So it's, it's a constant like fight where, you know, it took me a while to even let myself be like, all right, do I actually fucking hate this? I don't think I do. You know what I mean? Well, to your point, I think one of the, one of the things that frustrates me about, 
those kinds of dudes. And I try not to be that guy, particularly yeah. when, I, when I'm talking to people about hardcore and punk, because, you know, separate from this, you know, people are allowed to like what they like. And uh, it's important for people to find their own thing and find their own taste. Right. But if somebody wants to come up and talk to me about it, I'll talk to them about it. You know, I'm not trying to push it on anybody. But the other thing about those dudes that, is really frustrating, particularly with a lot of classic rock bands. The things they cite as being great about those bands are oftentimes not what is great about those bands. Right. I mean, dude, like to your point, the dude's talking about Phil Rudd busting through his snare heads. Well, yeah, yeah. Phil Rudd doesn't do that. What makes yeah. Phil Rudd great is that he doesn't hit a crash on every fucking downbeat. And that right. he has a sense of timing and groove so much so to the point that you know, they wanted him to play to a fucking, you know, click track, a metronome for back in black. And he was like, I don't need to. Yeah. You know, and he I mean, clearly did not. Yeah. And, and you know, they, they, <laughs> all those, all those old fucking dusty ass old classic rock dudes, they, they just, the only songs they actually know are back in black, highway to hell, night right. prowler, if you're lucky. So, whole lot of Rosie if you're lucky you know they're not they're not thinking about um their version of jailbreak there was a friend of mine on murder and the judge's gavel fell jury found him guilty gave him 16 years in hell
worth chasing any rocket off a of powerage you know i mean right. it's like they like those bands for the wrong reasons so not only do they you know unnecessarily push that stuff on people they also are pushing it for i'm gonna be a snob and say it for all the fucking wrong reasons man yeah. they don't really no, I, I agree i don't think they truly <clears throat> like the music they like the idea of being you know a fucking know-it-all guitar dude at guitar center because they have nothing yeah. else going on in their lives Oh yeah, dude. That that was that was some of the lowest points musically. You know, like I was playing in the most bands. I was playing like, you know, often. I met that's how I met Bremi, and that's how him and I, you know, and him and I, the first time we jammed together, we just clicked so well with mm-hmm. you know playing country and rockabilly and stoner rock and thrash, just anything. We just we worked together very, very well, even though there's shit that I can't stand about him and shit that I know he can't stand about me, you know, playing wise, but it just, we always make it work. But yeah. having like him and I be able to sit there and fucking jam all this like wild shit out, you know, not to fucking, you know, toot my own horn, but we could fucking play these jam. These, these dudes that are, you know, they've got, you know, drum wise, it's like, they've got a fucking 10 piece drum kit, double bass and shit like that. And they're covering, uh, you know fucking hot for teacher and like she's not even that like worse van halen songs than that you know what i'm saying like and they're trying to tell me like what's good and what's not and then i could sit down and play like some like big open shuffle and they're like well how do you do that and i'm just like this is why you can't fucking tell me what's good and what isn't like this is why your opinion doesn't matter now i will say this if you the first time that you squeezed a tit, it, you were listening to fucking shook me all night long. And that means something to you. That's fine. And I could totally understand it. There's shit that I like that sucks. That is just like a time and place type thing. So I understand that as much as the next guy. And, uh, you know, I'm like a sensitive, like emotional guy, you know, at the end of the day, like whatever, I get that. But, uh, there's certain, th- like, you have to be able to admit like, oh, this sucks. This just means something to me, or this is overrated or, or whatever. I, I think with, when it comes to like music stuff, you have to, if you're going to tell somebody what's good and what's not, you have, you should have 
some semblance of being able to like reel in your own shit and understand that it's not, you know, a masterpiece that or some of the shit a, that you like, or at least isn't be able that to good. They, they can't contextualize anything that they're telling is what you're getting at. Right, they can't say, right. this is why I think it's good. They just say it's great. It, they, right. And again, they like it for the wrong reasons. They can't, right. they can't really say why they like it. It's just whatever it is that they've been right. listening to forever and not really exploring why they like it you know right because um, i saw it at the richfield coliseum and it was loud as fuck that's why it's the best it's like oh, i'm sorry man like yeah right no you know? shit fuck i played in shitty bands that were loud you know what i'm saying like come on yeah. dude like that doesn't fucking but yeah that that poisoned me to a lot of i didn't really get into a lot of uh, classic rock shit unless it was you know um like fast like more like metally type shit like the radio rock shit i i didn't I couldn't even digest or, or hear a, a, a lick of it until, fuck, my late twenties, early early thirties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Once you're once you're driven away from something, it's hard to kind of make those inroads back. Um, yeah. Real quick, because I, I was talking about that whole early two thousands thing with the rock and roll <laughs> stuff, and mm -hmm. we we just talked about Zeke and Rose Tattoo. Are you familiar with the band Bad Wizard? Yes. Um, okay, because I was going to say that's a, that, that's a introduce me that's to a that's an in between like a Zeke and a Rose Tattoo. They've got all the swagger that Rose Tattoo does, but they right. are balls that like the the first two albums, uh, Free and Easy and Sophisticated Mouth in particular are fucking great records. They're not yeah. breaking any new ground. They're not. Yeah. You know, and they're not gonna try to tell you that they're the greatest rock and roll band ever, but the two times the three times i saw him one time i got to play with him oh it's awesome so fun yeah. so yeah. much fun and they were just um the greatest guys and gals you could you know and they were just uh, yeah i was gonna i was you've but you've already heard them i was gonna say they're a nice in between you know because they've got that swagger that rose tattooed does, right a little bit of that boogie that they right do. a little bit of and, swing a little they can they can play the they can play like the stonery shit but they can play like the fast upbeat shit too yeah i mean there's yeah. not much there's not much of the stoner stuff into what yeah. they play like free and e free and easy is way close it's closer to zeke than it is rose tattoo sophisticated oh, okay. is closer to rose tattoo than it is zeke but both have elements of each like they can be pretty powerful they can be pretty yeah. loud and they can play fast when they need to but they yeah. have like a nice um they can settle into a nice groove when needed. They they were a great band.
have to do a, a deeper dive on them because I, I remember it was either Burns or Bremi that were the ones that to tell me about them. Uh, and sometimes their recommendations could go one way or another with me, but most, most of the time it's pretty, pretty spot on because they understand like I can be a real cunt about music stuff. So I, uh, and I accept it. Uh, it's fine. But, uh, uh, you know, there was, uh, you know, who's been like a great, uh, especially, you know, Matt Feeney is an old, you know, old friend of mine. I know you guys do your DJ stuff and shit and I love it, but man, you want to talk about a guy that has turned me on to shit that I didn't know that I liked. And, and it was weird because it reminded me of being a kid because I would hear this shit and then I would double back and go back to see like, well, where the fuck are these guys drawing from? Where are they from? What are they doing? Like uh, there's a few things that I discovered on my own that I was like, this is awesome. And then like, on his Instagram or like when I've got come and see you guys play records like that, I was like, I just fucking heard this. Uh, yeah. That, that dude, band. He, uh, oh dude. Half it's the insane. Reason, half the reason why I like doing it, uh, doing the DJ thing with him is because, you know, I've got him by eight years, you know, and mm -hmm. at our age, it doesn't mean much, right? It yeah. really doesn't, but he has, he has a greater curiosity and a, more a greater diligence about finding out about newer bands not maybe not even newer bands like current bands but finding out about other bands that he hasn't discovered yet right um, he's he's always on that path of discovery way more than i am way more yep. than i am and yeah. i really that's why i love doing the dj nights with him because he's always yeah. hey i've heard this and i'm like yep. nope i yeah. haven't on top of just him being a fucking ridiculously funny human being. Yep. Oh yeah. You know, dude. In a very, not dry, but he has that smirk on his face when he says stuff, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, uh, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of, of Matt. And I have that oh, same yeah. experience with him that you do. Like he's always turning me on to shit. I got to yeah. get him onto this. A hundred percent. That would be an incredible one. Yeah. Cause there's going to be some curveballs. I feel like that are going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like on top of that. And then he's going to drop 10 new oy glam. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like just straight up rock and roll bands are going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I think what, insane. what's, what's intrigued me the most about the stuff he's turned me on is the glams, this, the glam stuff I am yeah. unfamiliar it's with. So I'm, fucking good. I'm familiar with your big names, you know, yeah. Um, Slade, Mott, the Hoople, T-Rex, of course, you know, David Bowie yeah, yeah. and, and, and yeah. some of that stuff, but there's some deep glam and some, um, I guess you would call it pub rock. I'm not, but a lot of this English stuff, like dude, predates it's like, so fucking good. It's just rock. Are, are, and roll. are you shocked? Are you shocked by how awesome 90% of it is? Yes. I, I honestly am too, because it's like, even some of the shit that's like recorded poorly, I was like, if this sounded different, I wouldn't like it as much yeah. as I like it right now. Dude, I, so fucking good, man. He and I also so have good. like developed a, a shorthand for the power pop that we both seem to like quite a bit too. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, it, but you know, I haven't, I haven't taken away a lot of it because there's just so much of it when I'm with yeah. him that I just it's overwhelming. It, it washes over me to a point because I just and we're also believe it or not, we're also working. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> doing right, it. right. You know, and right, it's right. like, but you know, he's he's better than I am at bringing new stuff to play. I don't always bring yeah. new stuff. I just like I want to hear these songs tonight because I don't get to listen to this at home. 
you know, right. and not because I don't <clears throat> listen to it because I just don't have time to sit with my albums the way I would like to all the time. So, right. Um, yeah, he, he, there was a band that a, fr- a, a different friend of mine that lives out in California was like, Hey man, I know how much you love Slade and Rose Tattoo and uh, the Chisel and Chubby and the Gang. There's this band Chain Whip. You should check them out. And I did. And I was like, God, this is fucking good, dude. dude. So good. Literally that day, that day, the first fucking day that I heard this record, Matt had just put, he just got the LP in the mail and was like putting it, just put it up on his Instagram. I was like you know what like it's so crazy how that but like there's that's happened a couple times because like i said i always do an about face and end up going backwards and looking to see like where these band or other bands that sound like them or whatever and uh yeah but i mean he's turned me on there was a band i don't know how you pronounce it it's r-i-x-e it's a french reeks. band reeks dude dude how hold fucking on, hold good on. is that hold, hold on i yeah. just heard about them the episode that i released on monday with, uh-huh. with my buddy Simon, who's from Toronto. And I'd asked yeah. him, I said, you know, because he doesn't really listen to a ton of new music, but he's an avid record collector. Like, that <laughs> has nothing on this guy. I mean, yeah. Simon will drop hundreds of dollars on a single, right? Right. And I, he, he mentioned them, so I looked them up. Dude, French Oi Band, they're fucking great. So fucking good, dude. Um, so Yeah, good. I mean, I can, I can vouch for the chisel. Yeah. Definitely. I, I I just got oh yeah, just got their singles delivered to me. You probably saw that on Instagram. Um yep. uh chain whip, but I have yet to hear Chubby and the gang, and everybody keeps telling me.
dude. Chubby and the gang and Royal Hounds NYC. Dude, you'll if you like any of that kind of shit and any of that like junk shop glam shit that he's put me on to and everybody else, dude. uh, It's so both of those bands are so fucking good. The records are killer. Uh, you know, and the greatest thing that he put me onto that that he discovered and then immediately gave to me, and this would have been years ago, was uh, that band Giuda, G I U D A, the Italian that, band, dude. That band, that oh, band. I'll God. tell you what, they're really good. I don't like them as much yeah. as you guys do, but I like them. Yeah, that band's pretty popular in the Akron area overall. Like, oh yeah, very- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, dude, and it's him. I mean, he's the reason why he brought them over. You know, and him and I saw them uh, in uh, in Connecticut. We went to the 2,000 Tons of TNT, the last one that they ended up having, and uh, I'm sorry, second to last one they ended up having because I went the following year. Uh, but dude, we saw them play. They fucking were late. They showed up. They got on stage. They kicked all the ass that could be kicked, and like you know, fucking anti nowhere league uh played that year um stars and stripes the bruisers played uh red london close shave i think both of them played like there was all all these like awesome oi bands that we also were there to see and dude judah blew it away and then you know a few months later or maybe even a year whatever the fuck it was he they played in akron and annabelle's basement and it's still one of my it's pro it's top three live performances I've ever, I've ever seen in my life. It was so intimate. It was so awesome. Judah, they stayed at my house that night. They stayed at his house up until that they stayed at my house that night. They could hardly fucking speak English and it was hilarious, but dude, so much fucking fun. Like that's the type of shit where, uh, that, that was like one of those ones that he turned me on to that I did. Okay. That's actually how I've, fell in love i liked rod stewart already but Mm -hmm. that's how i fell in love with the faces was like i said turning around looking backwards and being like where are these dudes drawn from elton john fucking that band like bands like hector and protex and like shit like that and faces 100 the faces i mean they cover i think they cover borstal boys too if i'm not mistaken so Yeah. yeah dude that's that's yeah he has been uh yeah, what it, just those few things that he showed me made me turn around and go back. And like I said, he still puts shit up like on his Instagram or like the the times I come and you know say what's up to you guys when you're spinning records, and it's always like, oh, have you heard this? Hey, have you heard this? And I'm always blown away. It's always good. It's so fucking crazy how good how, how it's just almost always good, you know. Consistently, yeah, it's nuts. Hey yeah. man, look, uh, I tell you what, let's <laughs> let's call it. Um, okay, I want I want you to come back on because I want to spend a lot of time talking about the faces i just you know for sure um we're running a bit long right now um and um this is what this was a lot of fun this was a lot of fun absolutely dude i look forward to having you uh on again um does feds got anything coming up at all i mean no uh and all but yeah like i put in our group text we usually will just put one joke in maybe like a month or two uh you know, for a minute there, there was like a couple of house show things that might've happened. And because it was like illegal, it kind of like my criminal brain was kind of like, yeah, let's fucking do it. This will be great. And then all of them fell through. Uh, so there's not really anything we haven't practiced in forever. Uh, Brandon, I think is doing shit with cheap heat. Uh, you know, Mike's just working. Dave's got a real job, so he's working. So I've kind of got like the, I kind of have like the want to, uh, I've had some people reach out and be like, Hey man, like you guys should, 
do shit when shit opens back up, like whatever. So uh, I, I, it, that is the kind of shit that is like, all right, well, I don't want to, but if you guys want me to, then I will, you know what I mean? Like that's more or less how I am with music stuff altogether nowadays. But uh, so yeah, nothing really, uh, nothing really on the horizon. All of our shit, Shit is still like up on Bandcamp and Reverb Nate. I might even be on Spotify now. It's all free download shit. And if it isn't, I'll change it so that it is. If anybody wants to check it out, uh, you know. So hopefully, we'll play some shows. We got we got some we got a few songs that we've played live that uh, we haven't recorded yet that I really want to because I think that they're our our best you know ones. And I'm just so critical of everything we we fucking do. Cause it's my baby. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I hate everything the minute that it's done. And, but uh, when other people like it, I'm like, all right, we'll fuck it. We'll keep doing it. So, yeah, you know, you that's, know how that goes. that's how I am. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, this is awesome, dude. Like I said, we do need to talk about faces. I'm not even kidding about that because you yeah. and I can both talk about faces. You oh, know? I'm sure we could probably do another, a cool hour on that one easily. easily. All right. Yeah. All right, brother. All right. Thanks again, dude. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks to Frank for hanging out and talking with me for a bit. If you want to find me on social media, you can do so on Instagram at Larry underscore Bleachmouth. Facebook is Bleachmouth Postscript, and my email is bleachmouthps at gmail.com. Hey, don't be shy. Go ahead and send in those emails. Perhaps I'll do a mailbag episode. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it, there are going to be some changes to the podcast coming up. I'm not quite sure what all those changes are going to be, but I'll keep you uh, clued in as they occur. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Uh, you can find us on Apple and Stitcher, but not Spotify. Yep, because I'm done fucking with Spotify about as much as I'm done fucking with Twitter. Hey, thanks again. Bye. Ha! What you see, what you see, is what you get, is what you get.